0: Please open your Bibles with me to the book of Psalms and turn to Psalm 8. Psalm 8. And look there with me in verse 1. O Lord, our Lord. Now notice what the beginning verse does not say. It does not read, "O Lord, the Lord," but ever so blessedly, by God's grace and Christ beloved, we may say with the psalmist, "O Lord, our Lord, our Lord Jehovah and Sovereign Savior, how excellent is Thy name in all the earth." Look there in the last verse, verse nine. The psalmist declares again, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Now when you see Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D, that's referring to Jehovah, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We see that in Psalm 110. You turn there with me, 110. Psalm 110. And look there in verse 1. The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. Now again, when you see Lord in capital letters, that's always referring to Jehovah. God, our Savior, said unto my Lord, my Lord Jesus Christ, the God-man mediator, our Redeemer, our Savior, sit down at my right hand until I make thine enemies thy footstool. All right, return to Psalm eight, and notice again verse one. O Lord, our Lord. Beloved by God's grace in Christ, we may say with the psalmist, He's my Lord, He's my King, He's my Savior. Now in the psalm, Psalm 8, we see the psalmist setting forth the very gospel of our salvation. For from its beginning verse to its concluding verse, the psalm celebrates the glories of the Lord Jesus Christ, both as the Lord of heaven and earth and the Lord and Savior of his elect people. And we only know that because our Lord condescended to send his angel, the messenger sent from heaven, declaring, Call His name Jesus, which means Jehovah is the Savior. Call His name Jesus, for He shall save His people from their sins. Turn with me to Matthew's Gospel, chapter 1. Matthew chapter 1, and verse 21. Matthew's Gospel records for us, in the first chapter how that the angel of the Lord declared, call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And in verse 22 we read how that that declaration indeed all this was done that it might be fulfilled which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet saying, behold a virgin shall be with child and shall bring forth a son and they shall call his name Emmanuel which being interpreted is God with us. Now, what does that expression mean? God with us. My sinner friend, it simply means this. How that the Lord Jesus Christ is God incarnate. The mighty God manifest in the flesh. That's who the Lord Jesus Christ did. He is the God-man mediator. My friend, the Lord Jesus Christ is, is God in human flesh. Indeed, he is the Word made flesh. And so it was by God's great mercy to sinners, through the incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ, which enabled him to be obedient unto death, to accomplish his redeeming work to save his people. And my sinner friend, his dominion is sovereign over all. Beloved, isn't isn't it a blessing to know that our God reigneth? Indeed, we know that all things work together for good to them that love God, to them who are the called according to His purpose. Now take notice of verse 6. Psalm 8, verse 6. And look there at what the psalmist sets forth regarding our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things, all things under his feet. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ has absolute right and rule, for he is the absolute sovereign over all things. God's word declares in Romans chapter 11, of him and through him And to him are all things, to whom be glory forever. Indeed, our Lord is the absolute sovereign over all things in creation, in providence, and in salvation. Our Lord prayed and graciously makes his people to know, there in John chapter 17, how that the Father has given him power over all flesh. And to what end? so that he should give eternal life to as many as the Father has given him. Now, Psalm 8 is quoted at least three times in the New Testament. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 16, we read our Lord Lord quoting from Psalm 8, verse 2, Yea, have you never read, Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise? And in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 27, we read Psalm 8, verse 6. He hath put all things under his feet. And from our reading in Hebrews chapter 2, we read the the Apostle Paul quoting from Psalm 8, verse 4 through to verse 6. What is man that thou art mindful of him, or the son of man that thou visitest him? Thou madest him a little lower than the angel's. Thou crownest him with glory and honor and did set him over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things in subjection under his feet, for in that he put all in subjection under him, he left nothing that is not put under him. But now we see not yet all things put under him. We see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that he, by the grace of God, should taste death for every man. All right, Psalm 8, verse 1. Our Lord, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent, how glorious is thy name in all the earth, who has set thy glory, the glory of his mercy, the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ, the glory of his salvation is set above the heavens. O Lord, that refers to Jehovah, and our Lord, to our sovereign Savior. How excellent, how honorable, how wonderful, how glorious is thy name in all the earth. My sinner friend, the excellencies and glories of his name are beyond description. For how can I describe in human terms all that Almighty God is? Well, we just can't do it with human terms. Rather, we just touch on the fringes of it, O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name. How truly magnified is Jehovah in the Lord Jesus Christ, as Jehovah Savior in all his covenant and redeeming mercies given to sinners through Christ Jesus. Beloved, do you remember what our brother David, King David, said on his deathbed? He declared, God hath made with me an everlasting covenant, ordered in all things and sure. For this is all my salvation and all my desire. Oh, the blessedness of God's covenant mercies in Christ Jesus to his people. And now this desire of King David is not exclusive to him, but indeed it is true of all the Lord's people. The Apostle Paul said, I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung, that I may win Christ. He's all my salvation and all my desire. I want to be found in Him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ. Now, in the latter part of Psalm 8, verse 1, David writes, who has set thy glory above the heavens. In effect, David is referring to the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. For the Lord Jesus Christ is the brightness of God's glory above the heavens. He's the brightness of the Father's glory, and in Him, in Christ, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily. Beloved, the glory of God shines... The, the glory of God shine supremely in the person of the Lord Jesus Christ. The glory of his mercy, the glory of his grace, the glory of his salvation is revealed to us in Christ Jesus. Thou hast set thy glory above the heavens, for the glory of Christ is above all. To borrow a question from Jonathan Edwards, let me ask you this. My sinner friend, do you know what the grand design of God's redemption is? Now, beloved, don't hastily answer that question. It really doesn't matter how you or I would answer that question. But rather, it only matters how God has answered that question. Beloved, the grand design of God's redemption is the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ and the salvation of all his people. You see, that's what the gospel is all about. When the Apostle Paul writes about the gospel, he refers to it as the glorious gospel of the blessed God, which was committed to my trust. You remember, you remember of course, when Moses asked the Lord, show me your glory. The Lord said, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy I'll cause all my goodness to pass before you. Where is all the goodness of God revealed? In Christ, beloved. I'll cause Christ to pass before you. That's where the glory of God is revealed, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ is the brightness of God's glory. For in Him, all the fullness of the Godhead dwells bodily. Thou, O Lord, hast set Thy glory... Above the heavens. And setting the Lord Jesus Christ above the heavens sets forth the exaltation of Christ as the God man mediator when he by himself purged our sins. He sat down on the very throne of God, on the throne of glory in absolute victory. My sinner friend, the Lord Jesus Christ is not a defeated reformer. Rather, beloved, he's the exalted King of kings and Lord of lords, for God hath highly exalted him. Beloved, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Wherefore, God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow of things in heaven and things in heaven in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. And my sinner friend, you'll either do it now in this time state in salvation to eternal life or you'll do it in eternity in condemnation to eternal death. So either now or then in that day, But be sure you know this, everyone will confess that the Lord Jesus Christ is due all honor, all glory, all blessing, and all power, both now and forever. For there is no other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And so, beloved, it is upon the exaltation of the Lord Jesus Christ to the right hand of God that declares our salvation is accomplished. And upon that accomplished salvation, God has set forth the spirit of his Son into our hearts, making us to cry, Abba, Father, our Heavenly Father. Beloved, aren't you glad our Lord is exalted? My sinner friend, do you not behold the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ coming to inhabit the body of a man prepared for him, working out a perfect obedience, establishing perfect righteousness for us, dying on Calvary's tree under the weight and judgment of our sin, laid on him, crucified, dead and buried, but risen again and now is seated at the right hand of the Father. Now that is salvation. My sinner friend, the reality of that exaltation of Christ upon the throne of God manifests itself in the hearts of his people. For Christ is exalted to the right hand of God, and when God sends forth the Spirit of His Son into your heart, He will exalt the Lord Jesus Christ in you. Now those who have seen His glory, His beloved people, do you know what they do? They speak of Him. They speak of the Lord Jesus Christ. Aren't you glad that our Lord Jesus Christ is set above the heavens? Oh, He's highly exalted as The God-man mediator. All right, verse 2. Psalm 8, verse 2. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained, prepared strength because of thine enemies, that thou mightest still the enemy and the avenger. Out of the mouth of babes, God has sent forth the gospel into this world. He's hid these things from the wise and prudent and revealed them unto his babes, his children, his elect. Turn with me to Matthew, Matthew's Gospel, chapter 21, and look there with me in verse 12. Beloved, if you've ever asked what's the best commentary you've ever read, I hope you'll always remember truly the Word of God Is the best commentary. Now, I have a few commentaries that I like to read. I like to read Gill or Hawker and a few others, but the best commentary on the scriptures are the scriptures themselves. That is, we should always interpret scripture in the light of scripture, and most importantly and particularly by and in the light of the doctrine, the teaching of Christ Jesus the Lord. All right, Matthew chapter 21. And we see here the Lord quoting from Psalm 8, verse 2. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves, upsetting all those who were in business religiously. And said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer. But ye have made it a den of thieves. And the blind and the lame came to him in the temple, and he healed them. And when the chief priests and scribes saw the wonderful things that he did, and the children, the babes, crying in the temple and saying, Hosanna to the Son of God, they were sore displeased, and said unto him, Hearest thou what these say? They are praising you as the Son of David, as the Messiah, the Christ of God. And Jesus saith unto them, Yea, have ye never read? Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings thou hast perfected praise. Beloved, the Lord uses weak, frail creatures to sound forth his glory, to declare his truth, to declare his gospel, that he might be magnified. The Apostle Paul says, We preach not ourselves, but Christ Jesus the Lord. And further remarked, We have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Indeed, God's ordained this. That is, it pleased God through preaching to save them that believe. All right, return with me to Psalm 8. Psalm 8. Now, something else is set forth here in verse 2. This is what happens when God is pleased to save and reveal himself to his people. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings hast thou ordained strength. Out of the mouth of babes and sucklings Thou hast thou ordained praise. Beloved, he delivers his elect from the kingdom of darkness and translates them into the kingdom of his dear son whereby they never cease to praise and glorify him. Believing sinner of God, do you ever get tired of talking about the glories of the Lord Jesus Christ? Of course not. Beloved, we never tire of declaring his greatness, his beauty, his majesty, his glory. Indeed, God has ordained this. He has ordained strength That is, the gospel itself. For it is through the gospel that the enemies of God's people are defeated, conquered, and overcome by the declaration of this message of our victorious God, Christ Jesus, the Lord. Our God reigneth, beloved. Turn with me to Colossians chapter 2. Colossians chapter 2. Now, consider with me, beloved, our victorious Christ. Now, that's the only true victory that God's Word says anything about. Indeed, the Scriptures know nothing about a defeated Christ. Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, Colossians chapter 2, and then look there in verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins... triumphing over them in the sacrifice he made by himself. Beloved, he defeated the enemies and he's given us the command to declare what he has done, indeed to declare what he has accomplished for us, his beloved people. All right, return with me again to Psalm 8. Psalm 8, verse 3. And so when I consider thy heavens and all that you have made, O Lord, by the work of thy fingers, beloved, consider this, God's word sets forth that his creation is the work of his fingers. But when it comes to saving sinners, the work of his salvation, God's word sets forth that as being by the arm of his strength the arm of his power, the Lord Jesus Christ. When I consider thy heavens, the work of thy fingers, the moon and the stars which thou hast ordained, which thou hast created by and through the Lord Jesus Christ, verse 4, what is man that thou art mindful of him, and the son of man that you would visit him? Beloved, when considering all that God is, his limitless power, his changeless character, the Lord declares his eternal and everlasting love. He says, I am the Lord. I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed. Beloved, nothing can separate us from the love of God in the Lord Jesus Christ. Behold how all of his attributes shine forth the glory of God and his sovereign mercy to sinners in Christ God with us, the Son of God. Lord, what is man that you'd be mindful of man, that you would prepare a body for the Lord Jesus Christ to inhabit? What great glory we behold in his sovereign mercy to sinners, that he would take upon himself flesh of our flesh and bone of our bone. Oh, the glorious reality of it. God manifest in the flesh. Beloved, the Son of God became the Son of Man, that the sons of men might be made, by His grace, the sons of God. Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Oh, the wonder of the great and condescending grace of God in Christ to redeem sinners. Verse 4. What is man that thou art mindful of him? No wonder the apostle writes, indeed, God's word declares... Great is the mystery of godliness. How great? So great that the angels desire to look into it. How that God was manifest in the flesh, that the Lord Jehovah in his sovereign purpose would pass by the nature of angels and take upon himself the seed of Abraham. What a great mystery how that his sovereign love is for us, beloved. And though fallen angels have no redeemer, Fallen man does. The Son of Man, Christ in human flesh, fully God and fully man, his human nature blessed above all, though he had the likeness of sinful flesh, yet he was without sin. For the Lord Jesus had an unfallen nature, untainted by sin, for he is God blessed forever. Beloved, in him we have such a high priest who became us, who is holy, harmless, undefiled, separate from sinners, and made higher than the heavens. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God and the Son of Man, the one with limitless power, in whom is unbounding grace and truth, who has the Spirit of God and the Spirit without measure, power beyond understanding, all the power of God dwelling in him. Beloved, we cannot fully grasp all that is involved in God being made flesh. And so we read the words of the psalmist. What is man that God Almighty would take notice of man and would visit him in salvation in Christ Jesus? David, in considering the promise of the coming Son of Man, the child that would be born unto us, the Son of God that would be given unto us, this sovereign whose shoulders bears all things, this one who shall be called wonderful Counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Indeed, in contemplating the coming incarnation of the Lord Jesus Christ, we see David breaks out in holy wonder and praises the coming of his Redeemer. This is what David is looking forward to. He's looking forward to the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, the coming of the Son of Man to put away his sin. Verse 5. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and has crowned him with glory and honor. Here we see something of the humiliation of the Lord Jesus Christ. Indeed, the condescension of the Lord Jesus Christ in his becoming a man. Though the Lord was high because he's God, yet for your sakes, beloved, he became low. How did he do that? Well, by becoming flesh. He became a servant, made under the law to redeem us from our sin. And my sinner friend, he never stopped being God. But rather, he became what he had never been before, a little lower than the angels. Look there with me in Second Corinthians, chapter 8. 2 Corinthians, chapter 8. And look there with me in verse 9. Beloved, for ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ that though he was rich, rich beyond comprehension or description, yet for your sakes he became poor, made lower than the angels. What was he made? He became a real man flesh and bones, and yet crowned with glory and honor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. And, beloved, it was through his poverty, through his being made a little lower than the angels, by the grace of God he tasted death for us, his people. Now, this is the key to understanding what David is rejoicing in here, the substitution, the satisfaction made by the sin-offering of the Lord Jesus Christ, the once and for all sinner sinner offering of the Lord Jesus Christ. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels for the suffering of death, crowned with glory and honor, that the Lord Jesus Christ, by the grace of God, should die for his people. Return with me to Psalm 8. Psalm 8. And then look there with me in verse 6 again. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. Indeed, the Father loveth the Son and hath given all things into his hand. Beloved, the Father has given all things un, into the Son's hand as the God-man mediator, as our Savior. Now, of course, as God, he has all dominion. But as the God-man mediator, the Father has given him power and dominion over all the works of his hand. Indeed, he has put all things under his feet, under his dominion, under his rule. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ, as God in the flesh, has God our Savior, has all authority and all power. Peter said on the day of Pentecost, Let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus, whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ, indeed, the Lord of lords and the King of kings. The risen Lord declared to his apostles there in Matthew chapter 28, All power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. Go ye therefore and teach, preach the gospel to all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost." teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. In commissioning us, the Lord made it known that he's in charge. In effect, the Lord was making it known, I have all dominion. Therefore, I will bless my word unto my elect people. Indeed, beloved, all things are in subjection under him, under his feet, under his rule. And we read in verse 6, For thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands. Thou hast put all things under his feet. We read in Psalm chapter 110, Sit thou at my right hand until I make thine enemies to bow at thy footstool. All right, verse 7. All sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air, And the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passeth through the paths of the seas, all things. Now these verses, verses 7 and 8, describe the range and the scope of the Lord's dominion over all, and it's an everlasting dominion. Turn with me to Psalm 72. Speaking again of the Lord's dominion, how our Lord and God reigneth, Look there in verse 6, Psalm 72, verse 6. He shall come down like rain upon the mown grass, as showers that water the earth. In his days shall the righteous flourish, and abundance of peace, so long as the moon endureth. He shall have dominion also from sea to sea, and from the river unto the ends of the earth. They that dwell in the wilderness shall bow before him, and his enemies shall lick the dust. All right, return to Psalm 8. Now, in verses 7 and 8, we see something of the range and scope of his dominion. David sets forth there in verse 7, All things under his feet, all sheep and oxen, yea, and all the beasts of Of the field. Now, the creatures described in these verses can be used in a figurative way to represent different groups. All sheep is the elect, his church. The Lord has all dominion over all his sheep, over his elect. All oxen, the Lord has all dominion over the oxen, those who labor in his cause those who are his servants. The Lord has all dominion over his servants. All the beasts of the field, all the wicked enemies, those who hate God, whose heart is filled with hate toward everything about God. Now the Lord is their God whether they acknowledge him or not. Even though the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, well, that doesn't change the dominion. Of our Lord and God Jesus Christ. For one day they will bow to him and acknowledge him as Lord. And then in verse 8, it mentions the fowl of the air, those flying creatures that fly through the air. Beloved, he has all dominion. Here it's talking about the angels, those spirits that serve his purpose and serve his glory. And then the fish of the sea. Well, that could be representative of the depths of the sea. And there's nothing but blackness and darkness forever. And then the creature of the deep is spoken of. Whatsoever passeth through the paths of the sea, God has dominion over every creature, even Satan himself. My sinner friend, did you know that the devil is God's devil? Even the devil himself is under the absolute dominion of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, Satan couldn't touch Job, much less touch a flea without God's expressed permission. Whatever creature or creation you can name, Christ has absolute dominion over all. You see, there's nothing out of control in God's universe. Everything's under his rule, his reign, and his sovereign power. God's word declares in Numbers chapter 24 and there in verse 19, Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion. My friend, do you know who that is speaking about? That's speaking about Christ. For out of Judah, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. Out of Jacob came Judah. Out of Judah came David. And out of David came the Lord Jesus Christ. God's word declares in Numbers chapter 24, verse 19, Out of Jacob shall come he that shall have dominion and shall destroy him that remaineth of the city. My sinner friend, there's nothing out of his dominion or control. Look there in Psalm 105. Psalm 105. 145, I beg your pardon. Verse 13. We read these words. In Psalm 145, verse 13, God's word declares... Thy kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and thy dominion endureth throughout all generations. Beloved, he has all dominion. Look there in Daniel chapter 4. Daniel chapter 4 and beginning there in verse 34. Now here's a a pagan king who the Lord evidently gave some understanding to. Daniel chapter 4, verse 34. At the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and my understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High. And I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation." Therefore all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing, and he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? None can stay his hand or say unto him, Lord God Almighty, what are you doing? And God's word declares in Judges' doxology, there towards the end of his epistle, Jude, the book just before Revelation, there in verse 24. Unto him that is able to keep you from falling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy, to the only wise God, our Savior, be glory and majesty, dominion and power both now and ever. Beloved, our God, Christ Jesus the Lord has all dominion, all power, all salvation. Look there in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. We read these words. Jesus Christ, who is the faithful witness and the first begotten of the dead, and the prince of the kings of the earth, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood, and hath made us kings and priests unto God and his Father. To him be glory and dominion. Now what does God's word say here? For a little while? As long as you let him? No. Rather to him, the Lord Jesus Christ, be glory and dominion forever and ever. And his people say, Amen. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. And they sung a new song, saying, "Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation, and has made unto us and has made us unto our God kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth." And I beheld, and I heard the voice of many angels around about the throne and the beasts and the elders. And the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands. Saying with a loud voice, Worthy is the Lamb that was slain to receive power. That's all power and dominion. And riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth and such as are in the sea and all that are in them heard I saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be unto him that sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb forever and ever. And the four beasts said, Amen. And the four and twenty elders fell down and worshipped him that liveth forever and ever. All right, return with me to Psalm 8. Psalm 8. And look there in verse 9, and we'll close with this. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is thy name in all the earth. Here we see David repeating the subject with which he started this psalm. The Lord's excellency, the excellency of his power, the excellency of his mercy, the excellency of his love, his gospel, his Christ, and beloved, he is altogether the lovely one. To you who believe The Lord Jesus Christ is precious. O Lord, our Lord and Savior, how excellent, how wonderful is thy name in all the earth. Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. We call him Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Indeed, perfect peace, For those whose minds have stayed on his excellent name, Jesus our Lord, Jesus our God, Jesus our never-failing Savior.